much, Pastor Tyler and choir. I hope you listen deeply to the words of that anthem, for within them is inscribed a beautiful prayer, a prayer that declares that, God, we as a people desire to be rooted in you, to be able to hear your voice and to feel your presence in our hearts so that no matter what is going on in life, we can have confidence and assurance that you are with us. You are for us. You will never leave us, and the best is yet to come. I would contend that that song is so relevant today because we, like any generation prior, have in abundance people who are rootless, and therefore their souls are restless. Such is true in a movie that I recently watched on Netflix. You might have seen it too. Its title was Jesus Revolution, and it talks about the time in the history of America in the 1960s when an article was released by Time magazine. In fact, it was the magazine cover that asked the question, is God dead? You see, there was a great counterculture movement going on amongst young people, people who were rootless and therefore who were restless. There was war outside of them. Vietnam, civil rights, family units were breaking apart, and then there was war within them. Each of them struggling with the fundamental question of the human heart and mind, why am I here? It was one such youth by the name of Greg Laurie who was lost, and it would have been without hope unless a church who was rooted in faith in Jesus Christ and therefore had the ability to reach lost young people like Greg Laurie in his name. That church was Calvary Chapel. His pastor was Chuck Smith. And because that church was rooted in faith in Jesus Christ, it had the ability to reach people like Greg Laurie. And that is exactly what happened. Not only did Greg Laurie and his future wife Kathy come to Christ through this ministry, but moreover, so did countless others. So much so that the same Time magazine that once asked the question, is God dead, came back to that very place, the epicenter of counterculture in Southern California to do another story, wherein they documented that thousands upon thousands of young people were being baptized and living transformed lifestyles. They were no longer rootless. Their souls were no longer restless. They found the reason that they were here, and it is for faith in Jesus Christ. And that story of the 1960s is even more relevant today. Greg Laurie, his wife Kathy, now lead the largest, or one of the largest, I should say, evangelical churches in all of California. And you might guess their solution, that they as a church still say that we need to be rooted in faith in Jesus Christ so that we can reach the lost of this world. 
Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, writes to another generation similarly rootless and similarly restless. And his contention to them is the following. In faith in Jesus Christ, you can have roots. And through Jesus Christ and the roots that you form there, you can have reach. This was to an audience who was more secular than even our standards by today. Paul went to this church in Ephesus in Acts chapter 16, and there he finds people lost to idolatry. He begins making inroads into that community, preaching first in the synagogue, reasoning with his own people who were Jews, and then after having gotten some converts, he goes to the masses, those who are raised in the Greek society, and telling them about faith in Jesus Christ. He has great compassion upon them because he knows those who he was talking to are rootless and therefore are restless. And lo and behold, if revival does not break out, Paul, a man deeply rooted in faith, is able to reach them. And the missionary pastor is able to launch a church amidst what would be nothing more than a backdrop of idolatry. In secular living, Paul spends three years in this church of Ephesus, and upon leaving them, such love Paul has for these people that they weep together as Paul leaves for the last time and says, I I will never see you again, but one day I will write to you. Such is that text that was read to you. It's an epistle, a letter written by Paul to that church meant to be read aloud in public worship just like here today. And in those poignant verses lifted up to you is none other than a prayer. Something similar than what the choir sang to us. Speak, O Lord. Paul says in my prayer to you, I want for you to be rooted In Jesus Christ, church. And I want you to no longer feel the restlessness of your hearts and souls. And in as much as you are rooted in faith, I want you to continue to reach the lost in Jesus' name. You know, therein lies the mission and the meaning of every church that we as a people of God should have deep Roots in faith in Jesus Christ. Similar to the tree that's depicted on your cover of the order of worship. A tree that is going to be healthy and vibrant is a tree that has roots that are deep and embedded into the soil. Similarly, a tree that is to have branches that reach far and wide to provide shade and nourishment for others is going to be able to go no further than the root system which is underneath it. Its charge is the following. If we are to be a church that is able to reach, we have to be a church that is deeply rooted in faith in Jesus Christ. Each, every one of us singularly must be able to answer the question of why we are here So that corporately, our mission to the world reflects that. 
that we are deeply rooted in Jesus Christ and therefore as if only for our ease and enjoyment we are able to reach out to you the lost and the disconnected and to tell you that timeless truth of hope that in Jesus Christ you can experience the love of God and that no matter your circumstance Jesus has a place for you a promise for you to live and to enjoy and as always life and life to the full but in that church the devil is always in the details Herb Smith tells me that for him the devil lives at the checkout line at Walmart for me I think the devil lives in church language that we oftentimes use understand well but pure execution is our detriment and it's this to be deeply rooted in faith in Jesus Christ you the individual singular you must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ a personal relationship with Jesus Christ which means it's more than just a religion it's more than just something that's a faith tradition of your family it's more than just church membership it means that in your spiritual heart you have had and continue to have ongoing moments of vulnerability a word that is horribly scaring to this age in which you go before God Almighty and you say this is who I am this is what I am this is where I am but I believe through your grace you receive me and I believe through the power of your love even if it be my failures or my success you can use me for mighty purposes it's that reason that last week I asked each and every one of you to have one minute of complete silence before God. One minute in which you didn't ask God of anything. One minute in which you did not make a mental to-do list. One minute in which you did not look at your phone. But one minute of complete silence, of holy worship before God in which you said, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I was talking to a dear friend about how that journey went just this morning. He said, Pastor, I never knew a minute could last so long. I'm right there with him. I would get 15 or 30 seconds in, and then I'd have to recenter myself. So once again, I would say, mine's not the object and the objection to, to try to create my way forward this week. No, mine is just to sit in silence before God who loves me to recenter myself once again on the fact that at the heart of the issue is an issue of the heart to open it to Jesus Christ and to say come in because Jesus is a savior yes but he is not the type of savior that kicks in the front door of your heart he says to us here I stand at the door and knock if you will open up your heart to me, I will enter and there I will have communion with you. Yes, to be deeply rooted in faith in Jesus Christ means 
that you and I have an ongoing personal relationship with Jesus. It's for that reason that not only do I invite you back to continue to try to have that one minute of silence, but I also remind you of something that we've talked about before. That as we launch into this year of discipleship today with Promotion Sunday as youth and children went back to Sunday school classes and hopefully you all too reconnected with your class, that you were re-inspired anew with God's Word and that the study of God's Word is transformative to your life. Not only together with other believers, but I might add, you alone, every single day reading the Word of God. So stop me if you've heard this before, but 15 minutes a day in the Word of God will change your life. And I would contend that if you are one who is coming to read the Scriptures for the first time, that you start with the first four Gospels of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hear and see anew the story of Jesus Christ sent from heaven so that you might know God and have forgiveness of your sin. So that you would see that Christ Jesus died for you on the cross, but through the power that is God's love, he arose from the dead on the third day so that we do not have to fear death, but can live life and life to the full here and now, as well as anticipate that which is to come for all of eternity. Yes, if you want to be rooted in faith in Jesus Christ, we must have a personal relationship with him. I also believe that having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ means doing our best to take the word of God and write it on our hearts, as was the words of the psalmist, so that we might not sin against him. That's why within this series, Rooted, as we talk about faith and other F words, we all have the opportunity to memorize Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. It reads, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. I want every single person here to write down Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. If your Bible is open to underline it and to return to it each and every day with the goal of memorizing. No, not because this is some legalistic church that says you need to do that in order to receive God's love. But I believe that in order to enhance the personal relationship that is God, we must take his personal love letter to us. And we must put it within our hearts and minds. So that we continue to live it out in new and unique ways in our daily living. Church, all of us need to go back to the root of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and I might add a Baptist. To have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Then and only then can we truly be rooted in faith. And then and only then can we truly reach to others who are lost. You might notice that in Ephesians 3, 17 through 18, Paul's prayer at the heart of it is that the church in Ephesus be able to grasp 
How long, how wide, how deep, how amazing is the love of God. And the reason why he wants them to be able to grasp that through a personal relationship is so they might therefore be able to give that love of God to others. I find that far too often in the church, our reach extends our grasp. We talk about mission, we talk about going, we talk about giving, and all the while we ourselves miss the fundamental truth of grasping that love of God for ourselves. And when we wonder why our reach isn't effective to the world outside of us, God literally screams in holy anger out it because you have not grasped it yourself. It's the joy of every Christian. It's the joy of every follower of Jesus to return to the love of God, which is endless, and continue him in endless pursuit so that through lives that are deeply rooted together in church, just like a puzzle piece comes together to form our church, we are strengthened by one another. You might remember that as a church, we've committed ourselves to five key community values. They read as such, every person worshiping in a shared space whenever able, every person serving in a ministry at church, every person participating in a small group community, every person giving of time, talent, and resources to Jesus and his church. I'll stop there at the first four community values to point out the following. The first four community values are all about our root system as a church. Lives on top of lives. Faith expression on top of faith expression. Giving on top of giving. Studying God's word on top of studying God's word. Worshiping on top of worshiping. You, me, us, together. All so that we can live into community value number five, which reads the following. Every person going on mission in the world in Jesus' name. You see, if we don't do the first four, we ain't got a prayer at number five. And I might add that as one whose life was radically changed by going and serving in the mission field in Jesus' name, that that is the best part. And we miss it because our root system is weak. We're rootless, and therefore we ourselves are restless. We focus on the small problems and challenges of church, and all the while we're missing the grand mystery and adventure that in being rooted deeply in faith, your life, my life, our lives, therefore God is preparing us to go and to change the world in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know about you, but if we can get lost in that mission after having assured that our root system is secure, I think there's no limit to the potential that First Baptist Church has. I think there's no stopping how many lives we can impact. 
I think there's no problem in society that we cannot meet with hope and with anticipation that through Jesus Christ, there is a way forward. And if I sound incredibly passionate about that, it's because I am. But maybe it's because on Friday as I was here getting the sermon ready, I had a phone call come to my office. Many times you can get frustrated by the interruptions until you realize that the interruptions are the ministry. It was a quivering voice on the other end of the line. Let's call her Tina. And she said, I just have to get prayer today. After 10 years of being abused by my husband, I finally got the courage to file for divorce. But now I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm desperate. I'm down on my luck. But I remember that your church is a church of prayer. And so I called on a whim, hoping that I might be able to talk to somebody who could look at me, listen to me, and give me a word. I said, ma'am, you called to the right place. That's exactly what this church is about. And after listening to her and giving her guidance, I asked her if I could pray. Now, I know sometimes pastors pray and use fancy words. This wasn't one of them. This was real life-on-life prayer. This was a prayer that sought to see her as she was and to tell her there is hope and to not give up. And as we concluded that phone call, she said, thank you for being a church that's willing to love me. That movie, The Jesus Generation, isn't fiction. It was real life then. It was real life 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and it is real life now. There are scores of people who are rootless and therefore restless. And us being a faith tradition that is deeply rooted in Jesus Christ have the ability to reach them wherever they are. Spousal abuse, yes. Drug addiction, yes. Depression, yes. And it's not because of anything we possess, but it's because we profess a risen Savior. And that, my friends is why we can say at First Baptist Church, we are deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is why we can say in our present and ever increasing in our future, we are reaching the lost in Jesus' name. And that, my friends, is why you singularly as well as us corporately can answer the fundamental question of life. Why are you here? Will you pray? Lord, I think you bent down low to us this morning. You spoke through song. The faces of precious children. Your holy scripture. And just the silence that is this place. And God, I pray that as a church, 
we be one that continues to grow deeply rooted in faith in Jesus Christ so that we can reach others. I pray that we can be the fulfillment of Paul's letter. We be rooted so that we can grasp how high and long and deep and wide is the love of Christ. And I pray that all of us can answer the question of why we are here. I love you. We love you. And we turn to respond in this time. Amen. Reaching for your hymnal and more importantly, opening up your heart. Would you lead and lead in this time of response as you respond as God so is leading you? Maybe that's a time for you to say, I need to make my profession of faith in Christ. Maybe that's a time for you to say, I need to join this church. Maybe it's a time for you to be able to say, I need to be more rooted. I need to grow deeper so I can reach more. You respond as you so lead in this time that follows. Will you stand?